Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 363, and today we'll be talking about the new recruit from Glitch Techs. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, it's so great to have Ridley back, even if it's just for one more episode. Oh, you always do that to me, GC, because I'm always completely blissfully unaware of what the future of Glitch Techs holds. I have to measure your expectations on this one. We can't we can't expect Ridley back for the rest of season two, because if we did expect that, our hearts would be broken. So I gotta rip that band-aid off right now. My heart is is broken. <laughs> that band-aid was stuck very tightly. Uh, Ridley comes out of nowhere uh for a mid season finale of sorts. And my being is finale. My my being is personally melt blended. After this one, it was a really tight episode that had everything that I needed. It had wonderful Phil moments. It had a character that was definitely the best side character, in my opinion, come back, especially since it connects with a fan who is really also interested in those Plixels. And some really amazing, not quite cinematography, but just well-produced scenes. I love the various montages that uh, occur. Yes. I was I was <laughs> going to mention that slick montage they had. Not only did they have the head banging the music in the car shot, but they also had the walking away from an explosion shot and the close up on Ridley afterwards. Oh, fantastic! So frequently, montages are used in cartoons to save. It appears to save on budget, right? I'm so happy that what we got instead was not just, you know, cutouts that sort of move against a parallax background or even just straight up comic book stills, but a truly dynamic thing (laughs) that ended in the beautiful explosion walk and then into an amazing, you know, effortlessly they complete their strut back into headquarters to claim their EXP. I I thought it was amazing. Yeah, that montage was actually interesting. I did notice a lot of old character models, but I also saw character models that I think were new, so instead of saving budget with the montage, they might have used it as an excuse to blow a little budget. Honestly, this episode does overall feel a little bit higher budget. If if they do make decisions on what episodes that they can use more of it toward, this seems like the one. I mean, uh, Phil's on a paper battle contract, and they were able to splash out for some <laughs> of that today. So, uh, yeah, we got we got a treat, and a bit with that mega blaster. I uh, even bit got an amazing new weapon. I don't think I've seen bit with any kind of blaster before, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, we've seen bit with the gauntlet to suck in a glitch that's been derezzed, but I don't recall him shooting anything yet. Yeah. Not before today. I'll take it. Also, again, not quite a montage, but just we got a truly epic 360 degree around the containment breach and, you know, supported by a choir. Two moments, by the way, in this episode that are supported by a straight up chorus, which was great. And of course, Phil also breaks the tension a little bit, saying that this is the (laughs) moment where someone says, hold on to something, which is exactly what it felt like the moment was building up to. Yeah, and it's like, every time I watch this episode, all I, all I can think is, you, Phil, you literally just said that. Now, with your voice. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, he's being a self-aware. He's a funny boy. I like him. He is a funny boy. For our funny hypoglycemic who loves uh, getting apparently a bunch of donuts. Thanks, Ridley. <laughs> oh, that was that was a uh, nice. I think I want to be alone now. That was uh, okay. okay. All right. Well, I think we want you to be alone too. I I'm glad that he doesn't have to use Bit as a personal toaster anymore. Yeah, uh, st- I probably still uses him to catch up with all of his cop shows though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what mods Ridley uh, will give everyone slowly? Is he- uh, it's just like the Dendi character in OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes. I love having a character that can really do anything, you know? Hack any part of the world and produce anything new. It, obviously, that's kind of why Ridley yeah. needs to not be part of every episode, because it's just too convenient to have her around and potentially change everything up. Kind of had to use Dendi sparingly, too, although in the case of the Glitch Text universe, everything is composed of plixels, including disturbingly maybe five because what was that moment in this episode um i'm i am assuming that it was it was catching on to because he's you know he's wearing his gauntlet he's gonna be loaded with pixels it it might actually keep a passive defense up on him at all times uh as long as he has that gauntlet on he might not even need to be wearing the armor to have some pixels surrounding him that's a decent theory compared to Five died in episode one, and this is a glitch version of him. Yeah, Mitch <laughs> Mitch straight up killed him. He was so mad. Exactly. One of the great tragedies. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't get away with that in this show. But what a fascinating thing that could happen in some other story. Some other depressing, depressing story. <laughs> uh, Mitch, uh, th- this was another kind of a sympathy for the devil episode a little bit with mitch i kind of get the impression that he knew she cheated it's just that once he wasn't able to you know cow her into fessing up that's when he got all depressed because you know mitch has his ways too you know mitch has a cool relationship with ridley i enjoy that he never breaks from his character to show any sign of sympathy but he definitely will respect the hell out of Someone who can, you know, begrudgingly respect them (laughs) for someone who can do all the amazing things she does. And so, you know, of course, he doesn't mind wipe her at the end, but he never breaks away. He hates, you know, shoves her away, getting a hug, shoves her in the portal. And there's never really a break in his face that we we see at all. Yeah, Mitch needs his personal space. (laughs) At least she didn't touch the hair. Oh, that might have ruined it all. Uh, what what do you think that device she had was? Um, obviously she was going to defend herself against Mitch with it. I think it was, it couldn't have been a dead man switch because she uh, lets go of it to deactivate it. It definitely looked like a Wiimote with that D-pad on it. But yeah, she probably was not about to play Wii Sports Bowling. I don't know. I don't think that device was introduced at any point earlier. So nope. it's one of those, okay, she must have put something together and I'm sure it would have, uh, handled the situation but uh yeah she wasn't about to blow up headquarters after just saving it so i don't think it was a joker check out this hospital behind me type situation oh uh, <laughs> uh, you want to talk about blowing up headquarters it's a good thing she was able to save horn from being sucked into the containment system because she might just have torn that place back down again if horn had been lost into the collection system that was a weird inclusion to have horn being sucked in because it was just resolved so quickly and gently like 
I almost yeah. for a moment yeah, was interested, it's... oh, that would kind of throw things around <laughs> if, uh, you know, they contained the breach, but she lost her cat again after she just had the problem of having lost everything with our glitch text before. That would have introduced even more complicated feelings, but uh, also, I don't know if they're going to be happy, you know, after this resolution and Phil looks really, you know, upset about having to do the mind wipe. Now all of our characters, except for Mitch, think that she's mind wiped, but she also has a gauntlet, which is going to look like she kind of stole it again, mm-hmm. which is going to look bad the next time they meet her or run into her. But of course, uh, that'll never happen because we're covering a show that yeah. isn't renewed. Oh my god. I know, isn't it sad? Yeah, her stealing the gauntlet without actually keeping one, it's a it's like a you wouldn't download a car situation, and Ridley totally would download a car. Yeah, narratively though, I don't think that Horn almost being sucked into the core does anything, and they resolve it so immediately that the only reason I can think that it was included in the scene is because they figured Oh, well, obviously Horn would be being sucked in, so... I don't know, I just think they should have had her recall him before it got that close. Right, so, since it's they're not going to play it up for any danger in the scene, just resolve it quickly. As soon as she sees that he's starting to be sucked in, boom. But, eh. Yeah, that seems straightforward enough. They have to show it happening, they do it, and resolve it as quickly as possible. But yeah, I was surprised by how quickly <laughs> it was resolved. Oh, well. Yeah, they. I, I think they just played it. They played it up for more drama than I think they should have, but it doesn't really hurt the scene. It's just a personal preference thing. Sure, I think it's all good. Now, something I do want to inspect about the plot is why are Five and Miko still so behind in the rankings when they are ridiculously hella competent, as we've seen episode to episode, and I've gushed about how incredible they are at their jobs. I don't understand why they don't even put them in second place behind Mitch. They put them behind everyone. Is everyone else just that much more badass? I do think everyone is just that good. We The only time we've ever seen them do stuff that the other teams can't do was very specific to Castlestein. We saw a little bit of how good a Planner 5 was in Alpha Leader, but uh, again, you had Zara and Hanish there as muscle. Uh, so I guess what we're supposed to take away from this is the other teams are just as good as 5 and Miko. It just they're more experienced at dealing with glitches, and they have better gear. It is it is a much more realistic, oh, the protagonists that we happen to be following in this show aren't, like, the chosen ones who are good at everything all the time, or at least better than everyone else. It's like, nope, they are incredible, but also this organization is full of incredible people. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Pokemon situation where people make fun of, oh, Ash Ketchum has entered, like, I'm going to say six Pokemon leagues. I don't know how many it is, but he's entered multiple Pokemon leagues and never won a single one of them. And it's like, how many hundreds of people enter each of these tournaments and you laugh at somebody who's been in the finals at least once? Okay. Right. It's a little bit of that perspective problem that we expect things out of our protagonists, maybe unfairly. So, yeah, I think these guys are the Ash Ketchums, where they're really good, but they're surrounded by really good people, so they're not going to win every time. Now, who would win every time? Again, I want to go back to Ridley. Basically the Rick Sanchez of this franchise. I did not see any limit of how far Ridley could take the glitch technology in this episode. It just seemed like she could truly overcome anything, and at ridiculous speeds. Like, beautifully breaking the training sequence. 
which I deeply enjoyed <laughs> because that dumb floating H tutorial guy. You don't like Helpy? I hate his programming, <laughs> as does everyone else. Helpy and I would be best friends. What are you talking about? As someone who can only speak in positive, affirmative sentences. Yes, you would love him. <laughs> Darn right. But I, I like how Phil saw her out of the test chamber, like, not even not even half an hour after she goes in. He's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that she's finished uh, her training. <laughs> I don't actually care about any of this. Shows you what a lackadaisical, even slackadaisical manager he really is. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, Phil does slack, but he did show some heat for sure in, in, in this one. Like, he... He can bring in that managerial anger, but still that anger that never goes farther than beyond exactly what it needs to do, which is mind wipe someone or fire them. <laughs> but never more anger than that. I mean, I, I was actually impressed with how uneasy he was about firing her at the end, because, like, she totally did that on purpose. Like, you, you would think he'd be like, come on, Ridley, I'm disappointed in you, but it's like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but you you know, kind of betrayed the organization. And, oh, this is so awkward. Mitch, do this for me. Yeah, poor guy. I, I do like that really did win his heart over. And also the little character arc that we got out of these two episodes, the way that Ridley stumbled in understanding the situation and contextualized kind of everything the wrong way, whether it was, you know, Miko and Five's decision to reveal that they did kind of cheat you know she took that as a personal affront and also hanging out like because she she was getting a little bit of the glitch text experience and enjoying it but she never let go of needing to take that gauntlet home uh, it's kind of incredible that the reason that she went back in wasn't because necessarily of the connection she formed with everyone but specifically because she promised that no one would get hurt to yeah. her cat <laughs> she broke a promise to her cat which, uh, you know, Ridley, you gotta watch out for that character. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, the relationship is definitely repaired a bit, but she definitely did still create a copy of a gauntlet because ultimately science, you know, wins out, right? And yeah, I, I still think the emotional um, immaturity is, is present for sure. So that's a, definitely a loose canon of a character. I am glad that you brought back up the creating the copy of the gauntlet because I just had my video the other week about, ooh, I think glitch text is all a computer simulation. And one piece of evidence supporting that that didn't quite make the cut was how Ridley, who is, remember, a master of Plixels at the outside of Anobi level, uh, had the full expectation that all she needed was a photograph of a gauntlet to copy its full functionality. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. I mean, I don't know what world you live in, but in the world I live in, I can't take a picture of somebody's iPhone and then 3D print a functioning iPhone. So something interesting is going on there. I mean, obviously the first model failed, but it did produce something that started to at least be shaped like a gauntlet. Um, but later, you know, just getting a, quote, higher res photo was sufficient. Now, uh, you could come up with ridiculous explanations for that. That I mean, maybe aren't ridiculous, but they're definitely contrived as far as we're watching a children's cartoon goes. <laughs> where it's like, okay, well, she's taking an image, but really the sensor is more than just a light sensor. It can sense the entire structure and molecular, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, assembly of things. And the image displayed on her screen is just one for the human eye. Yeah, on the on the nanoscopic scale. Right, perhaps. But again... 
uh, you know, are they going to explain, as Ridley puts it, the generation and stabilization of Plixels? Like, no, we're not getting that. And, uh, you know, if it's all simulation, that's not. That's going to be definitely probably staying within the realm of, and the Rugrats are all, uh, you know, dream of Angelica, whose every parents are dead and everyone's dead, you know, or however that theory goes. <laughs> like... The, the, the sky really did fall down in that episode, and she was the only one left in the safe house, and so she's uh, remembering all of her friends and giving them personalities that, yeah, yeah, I just created that one. I like it. <laughs> I, I, sure. I do want to know, though, again, like, Ridley got her position in the Bailey office because of how good she was with Plixel technology. So why does Hinobi not have some way to fast track her into the research division so she can be more of like an Emma and less of like a Zara, you know? It's because Phil isn't a good enough manager to utilize talent meaningfully for the company. <laughs> like, but, you know, also, though, I don't think whoever's running Hinobi would like that a person like Ridley exists. So best not to highlight that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, they... They they definitely have the approved usage of stuff like you can overclock the gun. Like I like how they have the overclock function there, but like ooh, it's like ooh, you're not supposed to overclock the gauntlets. It's like having two weapons on you, one for the guards to find and one for you to keep. They're letting them find the overclock functionality because they don't want the Ridleys to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If you give them enough of a sense that. They're cheating the system, but it's still a controlled cheat. That's helpful. I am, I, I'm excited to see what happens next, even if it happens without Ridley. But I do think that the pieces keep coming together for interesting things. Now that my mind is so much more uh, reoriented towards Plixel technology. And, you know, if, the, if these are the explosions we're getting and the threat of, you know, every glitch that has been captured being released... I can only imagine how much more the stakes can go up. Let me just moderate your expectations for the next episode, <laughs> there, sir. That's right, townies, townies. Love a townie episode, yep. no problem. Next episode's a bit of a bottle episode, but uh, don't worry. At the start of it, they do introduce an interesting little tidbit about that gauntlet and what it's capable of. Just a, a fun little application of the Hanobi tech that we've never seen before. So that'll be fun. Actually, it's just a fun episode, period. I'm tantalized and tickled. <laughs> Can't wait. We'll, we'll miss you, Ridley. Uh, hey, Nickelodeon slash literally any streaming media company. Grab this, please. Please. Yeah, do yourself and everyone else a favor. Anyway, guys, that's been us on The New Recruit. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. And I'd love to recruit you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>